Welcome to the Folktale Project, this is Dan Scholes. Today we're starting a new story from the Blue Fairy book. The next tale in this huge compendium of stories is a Norwegian tale, sort of. It's a tale that you can find in almost every culture a version of it. This one just happens to be the Norwegian version, or a version of a Norwegian version. We're going to get to it in two parts, so the rest of this week will be dedicated to The Princess on the Glass Hill. Once upon a time there was a man who had a meadow which lay on the side of a mountain, and in the meadow there was a barn in which he stored hay. But... There had not been much hay in the barn for the last two years, for every St. John's Eve, when the grass was in the height of its vigor, it was all eaten clean up, just as if a whole flock of sheep had gnawed it down to the ground during the night. This happened once, and it happened twice. But then the man got tired of losing his crop, and said to his sons, he had three of them, and the third was called Cinderlad, that one of them must go and sleep in the barn on St. John's night, for it was absurd to let the grass be eaten up again, laid in stalk as it had been the last two years. And the one who went to watch must keep a sharp lookout, the man said. The eldest was quite willing to go to the meadow. He would watch the grass, he said, and he would do it so well that neither man nor beast nor even the devil himself should have any of it. So when evening came, he went to the barn and lay down to sleep. But... When night was drawing near, there was such a rumbling and such an earthquake that the walls and roof shook again, and the lad jumped up and took to his heels as fast as he could, and never even looked back, and the barn remained empty that year, just as it had been for the last two. Next St. John's Eve, the man again said that he could not go on in this way, losing all the grass in the outlying field year after year, and that one of his sons must just go there and watch it, and watch well, too. So the next oldest son was willing to show what he could do. He went to the barn and lay down to sleep, just as his brother had done. But when night was drawing near, there was a great rumbling, and then an earthquake, which was even worse than that on the former St. John's night. And when the youth heard it, he was terrified and went off, running as if for a wager. The year after, it was Cinderlad's turn. But when he made ready to go, the others laughed at him and mocked him. Well, you are just the right one to watch the hay. You have never learnt anything but how to sit among the ashes and bake yourself, they said. Cinderlad, however, did not trouble himself about what they said, but in the evening drew near rambled away to the outlying field. When he got there, he went to the barn and lay down, but in an hour's time the rumbling and creaking began and it was frightful to hear it. Well, if it gets no worse than that, I can manage to stand it, thought Cinderlad. In a little time the creaking began again, and the earth quaked so that all the hay flew about the boy. Oh, if it gets no worse than that, I can manage to stand it, thought Cinderlad. But then came a third rumbling, and a third earthquake, so violent that the boy thought the walls and roof had fallen down. But when that was over, everything suddenly grew as still as death around him. I'm pretty sure that it will come again, thought Cinderlad, but no, it did not. Everything was quiet and stayed quiet, and when he had lain a short time, he heard something that sounded as if a horse was standing chewing just outside the barn door. He stole away to the door, which was ajar, to see what was there, and a horse was standing eating. It was so big and fat and fine a horse that Cinderlad had never seen one like it before, 
and a saddle and bridle lay upon it, and a complete suit of armor for a knight, and everything was of copper, and so bright that it shone again. Aha! It is thou who eatest up our hay, then, thought the boy. But I will stop that. So he made haste, he took out his steel for striking fire, and threw it over the horse, and then it had no power to stir from the spot and became so tame that the boy could do what he liked with it. So he mounted it, and rode away to a place which no one knew of but himself, and there he tied it up. When he went home again, his brothers laughed and asked how he had got on. You didn't lie long in the barn, if even you have been so far as the field, said they. I lay in the barn till the sun rose, but I saw nothing and I heard nothing, not I, said the boy. God knows what was there to make you two so frightened. We shall soon see whether you have watched the meadow or not, answered the brothers. But when they got there, the grass was all standing just as long and as thick as it had been the night before. The next St. John's Eve, it was the same thing once again. Neither of the two brothers dared to go to the outlying field to watch the crop, but Cinderlad went, and everything happened exactly as the same as on the previous St. John's Eve. First there was a rumbling and an earthquake, then there was another and then a third. But all three earthquakes were much, much more violent than they had been the year before. Then everything became as still as death again, and the boy heard something chewing outside the barn door, so he stole as softly as he could to the door, which was slightly ajar, and there, again, was a horse standing close by the wall of the house, eating and chewing, and it was far larger and fatter than the first horse, and it had a saddle on its back, and a bridle was on it too, and a full suit of armor for a knight, all of bright silver, and as beautiful as anyone could wish to see. Ho, 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 thought the boy. Is it thou who eatest up our hay in the night? But I will put a stop to that. So he took out his steel for striking fire and threw it over the horse's mane, and the beast stood there as quiet as a lamb. Then the boy rode this horse too away to the place where he kept the other, and then went home again. I will suppose you will tell us that you watched well again this time, said the brothers. Well, so I have, said Cinderlad. So they went there again, and there the grass was, standing as high and as thick as it had been before. But that did not make them any kinder to Cinderlad. When the third St. John's night came, neither of the two elder brothers dared to lie in the outlying barn to watch the grass, for they had been so heartily frightened the night that they had slept there that they could not get over it. But Cinderlad dared to go, and everything happened just the same as on the two former nights. There were three earthquakes, each worse than the other, and at the last flung the boy from one wall of the barn to the other. But then everything suddenly became still as death. When he had lain quietly a short time, he heard something chewing outside the barn door. Then he once more stole to the door, which was slightly ajar, and behold, a horse was standing just outside it, which was much larger and fatter than the two others he had caught. Oh-ho! It is thou, then, who art eating up our hay this time, thought the boy. But I will put a stop to that. So he pulled out his steel for striking fire and threw it over the horse, and it stood as still as if it had been nailed to the field, and the boy could do just what he liked with it. Then he mounted it and rode away to the place where he had the two others, and then he went home again. Then the two brothers mocked him just as they had done before, and told him, that they could see that he must have watched the grass very carefully that night, for he looked just as if he were walking in his sleep. But Cinderlad did not trouble himself about that, but just bade them to go in the field and see. They did go, and this time, too, 
the grass was standing looking as fine and as thick as ever. And that is the end of the first part of the story of the princess on the glass hill. Young Cinderlad has gathered himself up quite a stable of horses. And in part two, we'll see why. This is Dan Schoens for the Folktale Project. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Overcast, anywhere you'd like to get your podcasts. You can follow us on Instagram and threads at Folktale Project. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can head over to patreon.com slash folktaleproject. And I always appreciate it if you like and share the stories. As always, thank you so much for listening.